Well, once we got that news, we had a Houston police officer that came to my grandmother's house to kind of let us know what took place. That was my first time having an interaction with a police officer. And it was so, that gentleman was so professional, um, so empathetic that it just, it impacted me in ways that I didn't realize at the time. And it really set me on a path to kind of say, hey, I want to do what he's doing. Not deliver that bad news, but just somebody that's that's compassionate in that way. I don't I don't know that that moment really changed my life, you know, for a number of reasons. Obviously, I lost my dad, but it also set me on a path to be to get into law enforcement. You're listening to the Black and Blue Podcast, a discussion and celebration of the roles of African Americans and other minorities in U.S. law enforcement. Your host on the Black and Blue Podcast is Dale Peters, a law enforcement professional with over 20 years experience in the business. Hop on board this Black and Blue train of interviews, current events, and pop culture conversations. So get ready. The Black and Blue Podcast is coming at you right now. What up, what up, what up, Black and Blue fam? Welcome to the latest edition of the Black and Blue Podcast, where we celebrate diversity in U.S. law enforcement. My name is Dale, and I'm the host. If you're new to the show, thank you for checking it out. We have a lot of fun on this show with a little bit of education sprinkled in. If you're a returning patron of the show, I want to thank you too. I certainly can't keep this thing going without your support. If you want to help the show to continue to grow, so I can continue bringing fun and entertaining content, click those like, subscribe, and bell icons right down here on my YouTube channel. And if you're listening to me on your podcast platform of choice, please rate the Black and Blue Podcast five stars. And finally, check me out on any one of my social media pages for even more content. You can find me everywhere at Black and Blue US. All right, so today's guest, is the chief of police of a school district police department in the great state of Texas. And with everything that's going on down there lately, I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about. So everybody, let's give a huge black and blue welcome to Klein, Texas Independent School District Police Department Chief Marlon Runnels. How you doing, sir? I'm all right. I'm all right. How's it going, Bill? I am excited to be here. I'm in the presence of greatness, so uh, I'm blessed. <laughs> I appreciate that, sir. I appreciate that. How's how's your day shaping out today? It's it's do, it's going well. I just finished up a meeting uh, with with several of of my uh, officers. We had our back to school meeting, so we lined out some strategic priorities as we get ready to welcome our kids back to school next week. Okay, is is school back in session already? August the 10th, August the 10th, we welcome our kids and uh, it has been fast and furious as we uh, kind of pivoted and, and, and strategized on what our opening is going to look like on the heels of, of Uvalde. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It is coming around and man, we got a lot to talk about. Like I, like I mentioned, you were out in Texas, the school district out in Texas. What, where is Klein, uh, Texas, for everybody that doesn't know that? Absolutely. So Klein or the Klein ISD is in the greater Houston area. Um, okay. We are on the northern part of Houston, Harris County. Uh, so we have about 88 square miles 
uh, and we run from an area called the Woodlands all the way down to down to an area called Acres Home. So we have a pretty large front footprint here in Klein. Okay, okay. And uh, how large is is the uh, department? Uh, we have over 60 sworn officers, uh, 125 crossing guards, about 13 dispatchers, uh, five or six, I'm sorry, five uh, parking lot monitors. So we have folks that, that watch the parking lots for us during the days. We have uh, five, six, a, excuse me, mega six, a high schools in our district. And we service about 54,000 students, over 7,000 employees. So we're a huge operation. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I mean, 60 sworn, that's. That's about as large as you know some small departments, uh, wherever they are. You know, sixty sworn is is a, is a good number. Yes, sir. And how long you been there? Uh, so my 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 story is a little little different. Um, so I came to Klein back in two thousand eight. I was here about eight eight or nine years. Uh, did got promoted to to the rank of sergeant, and then I had an opportunity to leave for a short period and become chief of police in a smaller school district a little north of here called Montgomery ISD. So I was chief there for about three and a half years. Uh, uh, opportunity came here in Klein ISD for me to be the assistant chief of police. And so I came back in 2020, uh, taking on that responsibility. And I was fortunate and blessed enough on July 1st to, to take the helm as chief of police here in Klein. So again, my journey is a little, a little uh, fragmented, but um, it's my journey. It's my story, and I'm and I'm I'm glad to celebrate it. Absolutely, and we'll we'll talk about that journey as well. Are you a Texas native? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> and particularly, particularly, I'm a Houston homer, and so okay. In uh, in Texas, you either live in the Houston area, the Dallas area, Central Texas, Austin, uh, and so uh, I am Houston all the way. Rockets, Texans. Uh, uh, our soccer team, Astros, you name it. I, I love um, it. I believe it. I celebrate. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that, man. <laughs> you know, especially, especially <laughs> you know your what? Astros, I, especially your Astros, how they did, how they did my Dodgers a few years oh, back, but man, we, so we won't we get into that. There, huh? well, I thought we were friends. I thought we were friends, man. <laughs> yeah, like I said, we won't get into that. And then you got you guys had that issue with uh, Deshaun, and now he's out of there. He's over in Cleveland now, so I don't I don't know what those Texans gonna do. They just they just can't get right. No, they just nope. can't get right. Nope, and they lost JJ, and it man, it's just it's just all bad. You know, but I, I'm an I'm an optimist by nature, so I know uh, our future is gonna be bright. We just got to get through these these very tumultuous okay. dark periods we're going through. So. <laughs> glass glass half full kind of kind of guy, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. All right. So, uh, you know, you've you've uh, you've been with the uh, Klein ISD for a while and then you said you left for a little while and then you came back. What what was your journey in law enforcement? Had you always wanted to be in law enforcement? What uh, and what why did you choose, uh, you know, an ISD route as opposed to a municipality? So um, my actually I can I can tell you before I actually started this law enforcement journey, I was a detention officer at our sheriff's department. And so uh, I, I did that for a while went to their academy, I got hurt in the academy, and they sent me back to the jail. Um, and I didn't want to wait another year and a half to get back on the list to go to the academy. And so uh, what I did was I went to an outside academy at one of our colleges down here in Texas, uh, did that and uh, completed the police academy, uh, got an opportunity to work for one of our municipal agencies uh, just north of Houston, uh, got there. And that's when I realized, I, I identified that 
when you pick a job, it has to be a good fit, not only for the agency, but for the individual. And so when I took that job at that municipal agency, I realized it wasn't a good fit for me. And so uh, I was there about three months and then I resigned and took a position in another neighboring uh, county as a sheriff's deputy. Uh, I start, And that's really where I was first introduced to school-based policing because I had an opportunity to go into their SRO program. Um, I didn't take it, but uh, I was informed about school-based policing at that time and it, it really struck a chord with me. Um, and so uh, I had an opportunity to then take the position here in Klein ISD, which is a little closer to home. I was actually driving. You won't believe this, man. I was driving about an hour and a half Ooh. to get to work every day uh, for that agency. But I enjoyed what I was doing. Um, but if I, I had an opportunity to get a little closer to home, and so I took it. And that's really when I when I came into the fold of Klein ISD as an officer. Uh, and once I did the school base, I was introduced, introduced to school-based policing. I knew that it was my call. And I knew this is where I needed to be. And so uh, I really haven't looked back at, at that point. You know, I kind of yeah. put my head down, got focused, learned as much as I could. And I've, I've done some really great things in my career. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, you know, for the viewers and the, and the listeners, kind of what's the differences between, you know, uh, school-based policing and a municipal police department? So uh, in Texas, we have all kind of layers of uh, law enforcement. And one segment is school-based policing. So we get well, our authority is granted from our school boards. So in Texas, the school boards have the authority to create their own police forces. And we have several across the state. There are over a thousand school districts in Texas. And I want to say we have uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of about 700 ISD police departments. Um, so we have we have quite a few here in Texas. Nice, nice. And uh, so as a school school based police officer, and law enforcement officer, what, what are kind of the duties and, and the differences between the two? Uh, so when you work for a municipal agency, you're typically kind of call responsive. Uh, you're running from call to call. You're having those interactions with the public, running traffic. Working in the schools is a little different uh, because your primary focus is the safety and security of the people inside the school and any particular school function. And so that may take you outside the confines of a school building. It may be you're following a team on a field trip or something like that. Uh, but you have the arrest, the same arrest authority as a, as a sheriff's deputy or a municipal officer. Uh, you're just centrally focused around the issues of safety, of school safety. Absolutely. And, you know, um, like I said in the, in the intro, there's been a, a lot of uh, focus on school safety, safety lately, uh, especially what happened down there in Texas and Uvalde. How, how far is that from, from Klein, from where you are? Uh, I want to say Uvalde is about uh, about four and a half hours from us. Okay, yeah, and t Texas is a big state, so <laughs> you you literally, Dale, you literally can spend a whole day driving across Texas. It takes just in Harris County alone, it'll take you over an hour to get from one end to the other. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe it. I believe it. So you know, with all the things that happen in Uvalde, what what are some of the takeaways that that you that you got from that? Some uh, something about the, you know, you guys' responses to, to incidents like that, where you guys already on top of those sort of things. Kind of, kind of, let's talk about that. Well, historically, we've always had a culture where training uh, is always a priority, and so we have about thirteen alert instructors on staff, we, which is more than most agencies, uh, more than some of the larger agencies, believe it or not. 
but we have uh, 13 of those instructors and, and their role is to respond in active shooter uh, responses. We aren't, we don't have, it's not a SWAT team, but in Texas, they've developed the alert model, the advanced law enforcement rapid response training. Uh, so they can standardize what a solo response or a group response looks like should an active shooter event happen in a school or a similar facility. And we have 13 of those folks on staff. We've been training to this for years, well before the Uvalde incident, well before the, if you go back to Santa Fe and, and any any number of other incidents that's happened, horrible, horrible incident that's happened. So um, we have that kind of culture here and, and you know, the previous chief embedded that in us and, and it's something that I intend to continue. Absolutely. And uh, have you guys had uh, the, a need to activate those those alert teams or any incidents in, in uh, Klein? We, we haven't had an incident to the level of an uh, active shooter response, but we did have a major incident where we thought uh, an IED was set off in one of our buildings. It ended up not being the case, but we had a similar response. And, and I can say we were very, very proud of our response and the collaboration from not just our agency, but our local fire partners, our local constables, our local sheriff's department. We set up and, and got our got our kids out safely and, and conducted the investigation. And that's when we realized, OK, this was kind of like a false alarm, but uh, it gave us an opportunity to kind of reflect on our capabilities. And we're very proud of what we proud with the way we responded in that situation. Yep. And another uh, another takeaway that we all got from Uvalde was uh, communication with uh, with parents. Um, what, what's what's your, your relationship with, with sharing information during an uh, active shooter event or any uh, major event? Well, you, you have to be as transparent as the investigation will allow you to be, right? Always keeping them keeping in mind that there are certain nuances and, and details that you may not may not be an appropriate time to share out uh, at the moment that they want it, but you try to give them as much as they can to put them at ease. Um, that that's paramount to in anything you do. Uh, and our district does a really good job of really trying to build a robust communications uh, component. Uh, we have good systems in, in place. And if an incident occurred, uh, we're going to get out front and try to address it head on. If a mistake was made, we're going to own it. If there's opportunities to make improvements, we're going to look at those opportunities and, and try to find implementation, uh, uh, put an implementation plan in place to address it. Yep. Yep. And another component uh, to this whole model is identifying threats you know, before they happen. Uh, you know, there's only so much you can do with, uh, you know, people from the outside. But what, what, what sort of programs do you have to identify, you know, maybe students that may be involved in stuff like this? Well, obviously, you know, we encourage all of our students and staff to wear their, their um, ID tags, you know, throughout the school day. So you can easily um, identify who should be in the building and, and who shouldn't. But in addition to that, and I think this is a, a more robust attack, if you will, uh, in Texas, most of our school districts uh, utilize behavior threat assessments. And so if we see uh, a kid who may be in crisis or a kid who is displaying some concerning behaviors, we can uh, have a multidisciplinary team conduct a behavior threat assessment to give us a, a better course of action moving forward on how we need to support that particular student or address the behaviors that may be presenting. So um, that's something we're, we're really proud of here in Texas and, and something that every district is working to continue to build and make improvements to. Yep. Yep. And now they're all on social media. I mean, they've been on social media for a while and 
uh, when you see a lot of these after action reports is that these these uh, suspects put a lot of manifestos or, or just post online. And, you know, that's the tough part is actually monitoring that sort of stuff, you know, because we need help from the, from the public and from the uh, providers as well that, you know, this sort of stuff is, is going online so that we as law enforcement can investigate that and follow up, right? Absolutely. We have a team of, of cyber investigators on staff. And not only do we have, we have about, uh, we have two, we're growing a third one internally, uh, but we have strong partners, partnerships with uh, our sheriff's department and constables. And so, if there are resources that we need, um, we can tap in. We can reach out to them, and they'll tap in and support us. Um, but, but in addition to that, we have a Keep Client Safe tab on every one of our web pages, and we push that out and promote it. So, if someone sees some concerning behaviors, they have an avenue to report it. And most times, people don't want to to share that they're the one passing that information along. So, it's an anonymous tool, um, and when they put that information up there, somebody's always at the ready to kind of check in and, and rest assured when we get uh, those kinds of tips, you know, we work, we're a full service agency. We work 24 hours a day. Um, it can be two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. We get that tip. We're going to send someone to someone's house to kind of vet that information to make sure uh, we don't, you know, we don't have someone coming in our schools that shouldn't be in our schools. Yep. Yep. Love to hear that. Love to hear that. So, yeah. So, you know, uh, school-based policing, you know, is, is, kind of different from municipal, but kind of has the same, same aspects as well, you know, providing a service and, and public safety and all that sort of stuff. What, what do you like most about it? You said, you know, it was kind of your calling when you, when you first got into it. The, the fact that you can see the fruits of your labor, right? And, and traditional law enforcement, not so much because you're running from, from call to call. Uh, when you're working in schools, you can see, you know, certainly if you're an intermediate, you can start building a relationship with a kid and then that kid moves into high school, you continue their relationship and it's just so rewarding to see uh, see a kid through their entire educational journey uh, through graduation. So you know you've had those conversations with them, you know that they're gonna go out and be a productive citizen, you know that your little part has made a big impact in the life of somebody. Uh, I have countless stories of myself and, and my peers uh, in my agency where we've made that kind of impact. There's one in particular where um, we had a young man who was in high school, family circumstances were not that great. Um, uh, brothers were involved in gang activity. He subsequently got, in, got into a gang and uh, our officers down at that particular high school were very deliberate in working with this kid. And so, so much so that he started to pull away from those bad influences. Um, he turned a corner once some unfortunate circumstances happened in his life, one of his brothers uh, was, was shot. And uh, he really started to focus in on us because we were pouring into this kid, right? We were letting him know, hey, we, you have great potential. You don't have to be a statistic in a, in a circumstance, you know, a victim of the circumstances that you're in. You can do better. And I'm proud to say that that young man ultimately became a police officer. And he attributes that to the dedication that myself and, and my team of officers had on that campus. So. It's just situations like that. And again, there are countless others um, that just let me uh, know that I'm in the right place doing the right things. And, and I'm fortunate because of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we spoke off air. I told you that, you know, I was a school resource officer in SRO and I just came out uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, after spending four years uh, at a school at a high school here in my in my agency. 
and uh, yeah I, I love seeing that you know the 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 interaction with the kids I mean, and and that's what a lot of it is is especially now since 2020 you know all the 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 ill feelings towards police but building those those relationships with them so that you know once they're outside of those those four walls of the school and they see a police officer they don't necessarily have those those same feelings right certainly certainly so one thing one additional thing uh we did this school year was when i took over i was like we need to have an open house you know we have a very nice police station but people don't know what we do right they don't know the resources that we have or the resources that we need and so i made it a point to have an open house we had it uh, earlier this week and it was it was pretty well attended you know amongst our officers and and members of the community just another way for us to make connections with the people that we're serving um, making those positive deposits because we all know uh there there may come a time where an officer makes a mistake or a poor decision and i don't want whatever that incident to be reflected badly across our entire department i want people to say you know that may have occurred you know but that's not a representation of this department they are professional you know they are friends they're allies and if that did happen and that mistake did occur you know i don't want them to really have a bad taste in, in their mouth about all of our all of our officers we work really really hard to try to make sure that that is the case again going back to your point on building those relationships you know we created a program called the leadership academy and so our officers partner with our school counselors we meet with kids every week in a restorative setting and we go over this curriculum that we design again just finding ways to make connections making those positive deposits in our kids and we go through this the entire school year and then we have a big celebration for them um, at the end of the school year. Really a big deal down here and, and so much so we had uh, the state created a grant and wanted us to teach it across the state. So um, okay. it's, 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 we're really proud of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you, though, uh, you know, um, back in 2020, when when all these uh, incidents came to light and, you know, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor and all those sort of things. And then, uh, you know, the, the feelings towards police and police in schools um you know a lot of sentiment was to you know pull police uh departments out of school police officers out of schools did, did you guys have any of that uh feeling down there in your district not in our district I'm, I'm 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 fortunate right our community truly does support us now were there people who probably had silo conversations about that i'm pretty sure but as a whole not so much um we we are very deliberate in doing the things that get that gives the confidence our community needs to know that we are a resource we're an ally and so we really didn't have people calling for calling our school board saying we want client pd to be dissolved or or, or defunded or or whatever you know some of those other agencies had to kind of deal with it didn't happen you know um you, you spoke to the george, george floyd incident and uh, I can tell you on the heels of that, because there's always opportunities and unfortunate circumstances, there's opportunities to, to learn. Right. And so looking at the George Floyd situation, um, the previous chief and myself, I was I was the assistant chief. Um, we you know, we called we called a meeting with our department and we said, hey, let's let's dive into this situation. Right. When you see this, what are, you, what are your thoughts on it? Um, and we had some real conversations internally um every, not everybody agreed with, with with each other's position but we had us we created a space where our team can actually have that kind of dialogue uh, we followed that up with with bias training implicit bias training because uh, that's another tool that they they should be able to utilize in ensuring that they have a, a certain level of self-awareness because 
we make decisions and we don't know why we make those decisions. So if we can impart on them, hey, think through why you feel the way you feel or why your experiences have shaped you to be the way you are. We think that we thought that was pretty important on the heels of the George Floyd incident. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and, you know, just getting those those uh, people to back you because, you know, you're, you're always making those deposits and, you know, your, your, your school board sees that. And your community sees that and in the long run that's what that's what helps keep them behind you because they know that you're behind them yes sir you never lose sight of your purpose right we are here to serve never lose sight of that never never so as a uh as a school district police officer what are kind of the, the qualifications to get into that uh that job and for anyone watching and listening uh, are you guys hiring <laughs> Oh, we are absolutely hiring. We're always looking for good people to, to be a part of uh, part of our team. We have a really great culture. I think that's the greatest thing. That's our greatest recruiting tool is the culture that we've established. In Klein ISD, we have a hashtag called Klein Family. And so anybody that's brought into our fray and our fold or part of that family, um, our superintendent recently shared with all of us that, and I didn't know this, you know, we're, we're a small German community in the north part of Houston. Um, German settlers created uh, Klein ISD. And Klein means small. So we like to say that we are the biggest small town that you'll ever come across. Uh, and that's something that, that we, we kind of celebrate. So if you got any good candidates looking to come to Texas or who are in the Texas area, Klein ISD Police Department is certainly uh, is certainly hiring. What, what are the kind of the demographics of, of uh, your school district? We are uh, pr primarily Hispanic. Uh, has a large alliance share of our, our demographics, uh, then um, Caucasian, then African-American. I think African-Americans make up about 17 percent. Uh, Hispanics somewhere in the tune, somewhere to the tune of about uh, 40, roughly. OK. Yeah, typical for, uh, you know, uh, Texas and Southern California where I'm out out of as well. So, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. yep. So uh, as an African-American male, do you see you know, people that uh, that that you came up with kind of like, hey, Marlon, what why, why are you getting into law enforcement? You know, back when you decided that you wanted to get in law enforcement, you know, your family, your, your friends or, or was it kind of kind of different for you? So for me, uh, early on, you know, people in my life knew I had a I had a path. Now, I'm, I'm going to circle back. You, you asked a, a while ago kind of what drove me to get into policing. I didn't yep. share this one part. Uh, when I was about 12, uh, my, my dad was was killed um, playing a basketball game, actually. Unfortunate circumstances. Um, he actually won a basketball game and a gentleman um, that he was playing against didn't like that he got taunted. And so he chased my dad down and, and just took him out in the street. Really, really unfortunate and, and, and unnecessary, wow. frankly. Yeah. Um, well, once we got that news, we had a Houston police officer that came to my grandmother's house to kind of let us know what took place. That was my first time having an interaction with a police officer. And it was so, that gentleman was so professional, um, so empathetic that it just, it impacted me in ways that I didn't realize at the time. And it really set me on a path to kind of say, hey, I want to do what he's doing. Not deliver that bad news, but just somebody that's, that's compassionate in that way. I don't, I don't know, that, that moment really changed my life. You know, for a number of reasons. Obviously, I lost my dad, but it also set me on a path to be to get into law enforcement. 
Yeah, great, great. And then uh, how was how soon was it before you 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 got into it? Was you said you were a detention officer? Was that like right at eighteen or? That was as, yes. I was about nineteen when I became a detention officer. But again, speaking to that moment, I was in middle school. Uh, so we had a specialized high school here in uh, here in Houston called the High School for Law Enforcement and Criminal Justice. And so, uh, you know, I, I talked with my parent, more with my mom, and I let her know that, hey, I want to I want to do this. And so they put me in that magnet program. And again, I started to learn more about law enforcement. And it just I just wow. continued. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. What what, what kind of school is I mean, I'd, I'd never heard of any kind of school like that. So in, in Texas, they have high schools that have, you know, they have CTE programs, right? Um, but this was called a magnet program. So you can enter a program that that introduces you to, to law enforcement, um, the performing arts, uh, the medical industry, all specialized high school trades. And so for me, I wanted to get in law enforcement, so I pursued that avenue, and uh, it was a great experience. Met a lot of good friends who are good friends today, uh, and and again, obviously, it helped me on my path to to where I am presently. That's a full service four year type of high school. That uh, yes, and, and and what sort of curriculum is it like? Do you march? It? <laughs> Do you have to dress in uniforms, or how's that work uh, in that school? So it, it was a uniform campus. Um, but you, uh, you know, you have your normal teach, your normal curriculum that the state pushes out. But they have a specialization where you're in, where your uh, career path is kind of integrated. So whether you want to go to pursue to be a, a, a court assistant, an attorney, uh, a police officer, a corrections officer, um, it's kind of like the college pathway, but at a high school. You know, okay. your your classes are designed for whatever your interest is. And for me, it was policing. And so I started taking those those police related classes uh, and it helped me kind of get a better understanding of, of what my career may look like if I pursued it. Nice. And did they have sports programs, too? They didn't have sports. So all of our students had to be bused back to your home school, wherever you zone. We had students from all over Houston attending um, these, these specialized magnet schools. Uh, but if you wanted to play sports, you had to go back to your home campus. So at the end of the day, you caught the bus back to your home school and, and play for whatever team uh, you need to play for. For me, um, my circumstances didn't marry me the ability to play sports, even though I wanted to. Um, I had to pick up a job to help out around the house. OK, yeah, yeah, I, I can imagine. You got brothers and sisters, too, that uh, were at home. I wish, man, uh, my my oldest brother, my one brother. Uh, passed away in 2017. So right now it's just uh, my mom and I. Okay, yeah. Was he your older brother? You said he was my older brother. Yes, sir. Okay, yeah. But but you guys grew up together at you know high school. Oh, I have and all I have all the the brotherly uh, memories you know that I can yeah. reflect on and smile about uh, like everybody else. But yeah, it's just just me right now. Okay, all right. What what's the home life for you? Family life? As busy as ever. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, so get this i have an 18 month old who is just uh a joy what 18 month oh yeah scarlet <laughs> grace scarlet okay. grace i wish i had uh -huh. a picture to put up for you um <laughs> uh, congrats, so we got congrats chief thank you thank you i have a five-year-old a seven-year-old 16-year-old and a 19-year-old oh um, you got the whole the whole rainbow there the whole gamut yeah, we like to say uh, we, we hit reset, you know, <laughs> uh, 
So yeah. we got our houses. Our house is very active, you know, with my kids being involved in sports. Um, I, you know, they also are in dual language. So my both of my boys speak Spanish. Um, you know, my wife is fluent in Spanish. So uh, we, we have a lot going on in my household. Good for you. Yeah. So but it's going to be a while before you get that quiet household. It will be a very long while. Yeah. Uh, but I, I told you I'm an optimist, so I'm holding out hope. I can't I can't <laughs> wait to see what that looks like. Yeah, I mean that's awesome. I mean, uh, I got two of my own, and and uh, my my youngest is just now going off to college, so we're gonna be empty nesters over here in a minute. Nice. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So uh, she's gonna be going to Howard, so we we're gonna be dropping her off there, and and uh, next week, as a matter of fact. Congratulations. Yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate that. So both both my two are in college, so we're empty nesters, and but you you got a long way to long way to go, brother. Long way to go. It, I, I guess it's a good thing I didn't share with you this, but my wife's a therapist, so I got some built-in uh, mental health services to deal with all the chaos in my house. So there's that. That part, that part, <laughs> that part right there. Yeah, I, you know, I was going to ask you what do you like to do in your spare time, but it doesn't sound like you have much of it. The little bit I do have, my wife and I enjoy going to the movies. Okay, what, what what's I, your a, what's your movie uh, theme of choice? So. My favorite movie of all time uh, has to be the very first Die Hard with Bruce Willis. Um, okay. That's probably my favorite movie. I can watch it as much as time will allow me to. Um, so I enjoy I enjoy that movie. Okay, uh, but when when the two of you go out together, what 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 do you guys usually look at? Action, romantic comedies. What what are you guys doing? Uh, probably Marvel movies. Uh, okay, all right. I know you, I know you see the stuff back behind me there. So yeah, I'm I'm a big Marvel. And uh, comic book all together, buff. But yeah, yeah, that's what's up. I love those movies. Yeah, don't get don't get me started. I'll, I'll this segment will go on for hours. Hey, hey, we got we got hours, chief. <laughs> we got hours, chief. All right, I, I appreciate you coming on and uh, and talking about everything. What where do you see yourself and your department in the next five years? Oh man, uh, continuing to do great things. Um, uh, one one area that has been a strategic priority for me um, that we've already started working on is building an internal mental health response team for our school district. And so I'm working with our partners and our student wellness and counseling department, reaching out to other districts that, that have a, a model that we could we could emulate or adopt. And so I think that will be uh, like a, a great source of pride for me once I know we got that off the ground. Um, we're early on in that process, but I'm committed to making sure it happens because the mental health needs just it's just too great. We have to do yeah. something. And I think this will help us uh, move the needle in the right direction and continue to support our kids and our students. For sure. For sure on that. And you've been chief, what, uh, a little over a year now or two years? I've been chief all of a month and a few days. September, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> September, I'm saying September. July 1st, uh, I got the official uh, nod I took over, but the board approved me last May. Um, so I've been the assistant chief here for the last two years, and and uh, I became chief of police July, July, July 1st. But again, this is my second round as chief of police. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So so as chief of police, what, what's kind of the most rewarding part of, of, of being the chief? The fact that you know growing up we all had our perceptions of police policing what that should yep. look like 
And in recent years, we've seen some some issues going on in policing. And so the fact that I have a say in what good policing looks like for my community, right? And I know that I come to work every day and the decisions that I'm making will and are making an impact. I think that is the most rewarding thing because now I know all these, these ideas, concepts, beliefs that I had growing up and things I thought I wanted to see, I had the ability to, to actually bring to the surface and, and fruition. So um, that is a great sense of pride for me that I, I get to make that kind of impact. Yep. On the flip side, what was kind of the more challenging part of your job being chief? Along the same lines, just keeping the troops motivated. Um, you know, the climate that we operate in is not always the best. Uh, and so anytime someone is telling you you're doing something wrong, it's, it's, it can be tough to hear. And even more so, if you didn't have a single hand in whatever occurred and people having perceptions about you, uh, segue to kind of what's happening in Uvalde without diving, diving too deep into it, you know, there was a lot of public outcry with that response. Um, and there are people, you know, who, who cast a negative light across school-based policing just in general. Yep. And so that just reaffirms my commitment and the work that my team is doing. I say, you have the ability to shape and change beliefs. So don't take that lightly. Every interaction, make sure it's a positive one. Even if you're breaking bad news or news that someone may not be ready to hear, you can do it in a way that allows them to, to see you in a professional light and in a respectable light. And so that's a responsibility that you should you should really take seriously. And, I, and I'm pretty certain that my team does. All right. Great to hear that. Great to hear that. All right, Chief, like I said, I appreciate you coming on and, and giving us some, some information about you and the department and what ISD police departments do, and especially in Texas. Um, all those... <laughs> All those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of uh, ISD police departments and all those hundreds and hundreds of miles that you guys got to deal with out there. Yeah, yeah, Texas is a, is a big one, let me tell you. I was just out there back in September for, for a cousin that got married in Dallas. So, okay. and, then we, and then we drove down to San Antonio. I, I, like, I like Texas. I like San Antonio down there, too. It was, it was fun. It's nice. San, San Antonio's are a nice little getaway right up the freeway. You know, I can get up there in about two and a half hours and get on back home. So we like to get away to San Antonio as well. Um, yeah, another yeah. little nugget before we close out, uh, you may not know this, but school-based policing is the fastest segment of policing, right? The fastest growing segment of policing, which is why okay. there's so many agencies and more just continue to kind of uh, be coming online. Um, we're doing some really great stuff down here. There's a lot of uh, great agencies um, doing some positive things, working with kids. I know you had um, Chief Yarbrough on a few months ago um, you know, he did some fantastic stuff getting Round Rock off the ground. Um, there's a lot of good things happening in Texas. And again, we're hiring. <laughs> <laughs> yep. How, how can they get in touch with you guys if, they, if they're looking to, to look into uh, a profession with you? Certainly. Uh, KleinISD.net. Uh, go to the employment tab. We're right there. Go to the, the department tab. Look for police. Uh, all of my information is up there. Uh, but easier is just go on Facebook. And uh, look us up, Klein IC Police Department on Facebook, and connect with us. You'll see all the great things we're doing. We, we really try to celebrate those things. There we go. There we go. All right, Chief, uh, you are not done yet. Uh, like I told you uh, off air, I got a little bit of trivia for you. So let me set this up for you. Uh, this game. All right. Yep. Yeah, this game that I got for you is called uh, Black or Blue. Black or Blue. 
black or blue black or blue black or blue black or blue come on all right, Chief, this is my black or blue game, and your category today is Netflix and chill. You were talking about you like movies, so uh, this will kind of be in your wheelhouse. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a movie. I'm going to describe a movie to you, and you just tell me, does that movie have the word black in the title or the word blue in the title? Black okay. or blue. That's, that should be pretty simple. So let's get to your first one here, your first movie. Uh, your first show sorry about that we're talking about tv shows netflix and chills your first show here is a group of outsiders takes on the 1980s old boys club of wall street black or blue oh my goodness uh <laughs> black black is correct yes all right black monday yes okay. have you ever heard of that show with don Cheadle? I I have, I think, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's started on Showtime or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yep, yep. Looks like it's over already from 2019 to 2021, yep. but yep, off to a good start there. Your next show, uh, a contemporary smart investigative drama in which the lowly backroom office staff join forces to fight for justice in the corrupt corporate world. Mm. Black. Oh, that is uh, incorrect. That'd be blue, the blue, blue rose. rose. Okay. Yeah, some of these shows I never heard of either, Chief. I've, I've <laughs> so, never heard of that one. It's yeah. 2013. Yeah, never heard yeah, of that. 2013. One. That's all right. Uh, we got you one and one. Here's your next one. This one, you should get this one here with all the kids in your house. Bear lives with several of his Muppet friends. Every day, Bear uses his reassuringly shaggy presence to help solve problems and explore a different topic of the day. Blue? That is definitely blue. <laughs> Bear in the big blue house. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's your next one. Uh, a new FBI profiler has her entire life uprooted when a mysterious criminal who has eluded capture for decades turns himself in and insists on speaking only to her. Black. That is black. Yes. That is the blacklist been on since 2013 and still going today I, i've never watched that show but i hear it's pretty good yeah i haven't seen it either I, i'm familiar with it though yeah okay uh show number five this dramatized world war ii adventures of u.s major gregory pappy boyington and his u.s marine attack squadron hmm. i'm gonna go with black again that is correct baba black sheep we heard that show Never heard of it. Really, I've heard of it. I never watched it, but yeah, it's an old old show from the seventies, right there, seventy six to seventy eight. But you you guessed right. Hey, uh, multiple uh, black choice. Answers, yep. You got good good shot. 50/50. Yeah, you got fifty fifty chance in it, black or blue. All right, here's your next one. We've got a few more here for you. Families of different backgrounds find out what it's like to switch lives. Is it black again? That is black again. It's called Black White. 2006 show. All right. Still doing pretty good here. Uh, let's get down here to your next one. Your next one here is single mother Janine Lewis struggles with the problems of bringing up four children while leading her team of detectives in solving high profile murders. Roll the dice. Blue. Yep. You Came up sevens on that blue murder. 
2003 to 2009. Yeah, th- these are all shots in the dark. I know. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but you're doing good. You're doing good. All right. Last couple here. Uh, Bernard Black. I probably gave it away there. Bernard Black runs a bookshop through his customer service skills, uh, though his customer service skills leave something to be desired. He desires Manny as an employee. Uh, Fran runs the shop next door. Between the three of them, they have many adventures. Black. Yeah, I think that's. <laughs> Appreciate the assist. Yeah, that, that's that's a, that's a clue there, right? Black books, Black books, two thousand and two thousand four, uh, and here's your last one. Chief Kate is a survivor of genocide and her adoptive murder. Uh, I'm sorry, her adoptive mother, uh, an international lawyer, faces a case that shakes their lives. Blue. Uh, that is incorrect. <laughs> Black Earth Rising looks like uh, uh, my man uh, John Goodman. Remember from uh, yeah, what was John it? Goodman. Roseanne. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's a, I never she's an excellent actress as well. I don't remember her name, but she's 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 up and coming. Yep, yep. But uh, hey, you did pretty good on that. Uh, you, you got more right than you got wrong. So let's call you the winner. All right. That's all we do down here in Texas, the great state of. That's all you do is win, right? <laughs> all right, Chief, I appreciate you uh, for coming on. Uh, before I get you out of here, we'll have some words of wisdom, something we can leave the uh, viewers and listeners with. Uh, I, I really just want to speak to, to to my community and just say, hey, we're excited to open this school year. Uh, we've been uh, preparing all summer to receive your kids, uh, to open school safely, um, and just, just know that you're in good hands. You know, when you drop your kids off to school, uh, they're going they're going to be in safe. They're going to be safe and we're going to do every we everything we can to make sure uh, that that's the case. So uh, we're excited to see you August 10th. August 10th, right around the corner. All right, chief, I appreciate you for coming on and, uh, you know, you be safe out there and, and can continue to do good things out there in uh, Klein ISD. Thank you. It was an honor. Uh, and again, let me know if you ever need anything. I had a lot of fun. Uh, and I, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely, sir. You take care. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, brother. Well, Black and Blue fam, that's a wrap for this installment of the Black and Blue podcast. I want to thank Klein, Texas ISD Police Chief Marlon Runnels for dropping in and dropping some knowledge on us. I had a real great time, sir. I hope we can do it again real soon. If you guys enjoyed this conversation too, click that like button on my YouTube channel or rate it five stars if you listen to the audio podcast version of the show. I'll be back before you know it with a brand new story from a minority in law enforcement. But till then, y'all know the phrase that pays. Stay black and blue. I'll holler at you. Deuces. This has been a Maitre D Entertainment presentation.